0: Uh, we'll get into the Word of God there. Why don't, why don't, before we get into the Word of God, we have guests in this house today. Why don't all of the home folks just give our guests a good hand clap today. Let them know that we're glad that they're here. Praise God. Praise God. We are so glad that you're here. We know that there's a lot of places that you could be today, but we are thankful that you are in First Pentecostal Church in Silsby, Texas, come to worship a mighty God together with us. Amen. I love worshiping God, but I love worshiping God with God's wonderful people. Amen. Luke chapter 11 and verse number 9. We'll read 9 through 13 here. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. And he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son, now Jesus is describing to them uh, the importance of asking. In this same chapter, we find that Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, and uh, he told them a story of the man that had importunity that just continued to knock. And uh, that just means that he just continued on and on and on and on and on and would not quit. And so then he tells them, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, and to him that knocketh it shall be open." Then he tells us, he gives us another illustration here in the Word of God. He says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish will he for a fish give him a serpent or if he shall ask an egg will he offer him a scorpion then he tells us if ye then if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that ask. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more do you think God wants to give good gifts to each and every one of you that ask? Amen. Before you are seated, why don't we lift our hands toward heaven, ask God for His anointing and His blessings this morning. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for this opportunity that you've given us to come to your house to worship you to praise You and to magnify You. We ask You, God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Let Your glory fill this house, God, and we'll give You the praise and the glory. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you. For a few moments this morning, if uh, you'll give me that uh, freedom and liberty today, and uh, it'll be much better on all of us if you give it to me, because I'm going to preach anyway. But I want to talk to you from this subject, show your hand, show your hand. Now, uh, let's go to a very carnal illustration here, if I might, just for a few moments, And uh, there's a lot of people that that like to play cards. I I never have enjoyed that. I never have liked to play uh, card games or board games or anything like that. And uh, because it always made me frustrated. It made me frustrated because I never could win. And I really enjoy winning and uh, so I couldn't win and I didn't want to take the time to learn really how to play real well and uh, so I just gave up those habits and uh, left them to somebody else and but but I can remember I can remember uh, growing up and we'd be all around the table playing uh, Uno or uh, Uno's about the only thing I learned how to play uh, that was very popular back before the turn of the century and uh, before cell phones and before video games and all of that. And uh, <clears throat> so we played cards. Some of you think a card is in the form of a cell phone, but it is not. They are actually paper cards. And uh, so I can remember sh- uh, playing those games. we'd well, we we uh, <clears throat> Especially if you got a bad hand, you would always say, show me your hand and I'll show you mine show me your cards and I'll let you see mine and we'll try to make a deal there and uh are you want to trade hands <clears throat> if somebody wanted to trade hands you knew that that they were they were prime for uh, the taking uh you want to trade hands you want to you want to let's let's just swap show me your hand and uh, so Uh, so goes the, I guess, the game of cards, I reckon. I don't know a lot about it, but, but trying to let someone know what you have or trying to figure out what somebody has, uh, concealed behind, uh, those cards. Now, I was, I was pretty good at hiding cards because you tried to get rid of your cards in, uh, in Uno. And, uh, when I would get up, somebody had put cards in my seat, somebody would put cards under my chair, under the table where I was sitting. I don't know how they all got there, but uh, they, they seemed to find their way there. But <clears throat> anyway, show me, show me your, and so that's what I want to talk about, uh, for a few moments this morning. There is, there is places, um, <clears throat> anybody, anybody know that there's places in your house that you really, are not allowed to go. Uh, How many remembers the old, or has ever listened to the old radio program? I believe it's Fibber McGee and Molly. And uh, they had a closet. Ain't they the ones that had the closet? And uh, when somebody would come in there and open that closet, everything would fall out. And they'd start screaming, No, don't open the closet! And about that time it was too late and you could hear all the stuff falling out. I'm not going to tell you but there possibly could be some of those rooms in our house now i'm not going to comment on that too much because i don't want to get in too much trouble but there is there is places that that uh is kind of off limits you just you know there's there's rooms that they're pretty and they're nice but you really don't use those rooms we uh we redone a few years ago we redone our our um, our uh dining room And uh, went in there and remodeled it, bought nice furniture, nice big uh, place to display dishes that you don't ever use and silverware that you don't ever use and glasses that you don't ever use and a big nice table that you dare not sit at because you might scratch it and chairs that you can't sit in because you might spill something in it. Occasionally, very, very rarely do we eat at special occasions. There we do, we eat in that room. And, uh, most of the time the door's shut and you can't even go in there and look at it. I said, at least we could leave it open where people could see that, yeah, we do have a dining room. But mostly, uh, all the eating is done <clears throat> at, at, uh, Logan's or Papa Do's or Olive Garden or, I'm just digging a big hole this morning. Maybe I can get out of it uh, later on. But we, we uh, have these places in our home. And, and a lot of people have what they call living rooms. That is a formal living room. And there's not really a lot of living done in the living room. And uh, most people have a den or what we would call a family room. And uh, this uh, in, in, in all of our houses. So uh, some, uh, some have the living room and, and uh, it is rarely used. We do not do much living in that living room. That room is not really named properly. Uh, it is more of a visit room than a living room. And uh, now <clears throat> the living room in the house... Uh, is, is there, but, but it is not where life really takes part at. Most folks live in their den or their family room when you are gathering together or around the snack bar or uh, uh, in the kitchen or, or in places like that. Rarely do we live in those specially decorated places in our home reserved for guests now for many of us God is in the house but he's been relegated to a room in our house he's not allowed where life really happens he's only allowed in places where everything is in order where there is no trouble, where everything is going great. Amen. When we come to the house of God, we dress in our suits. We dress in our nice clothes. We come with a smile on our face because we want to put our best foot forward, which all of that is good. I don't like too much people running around with all their problems hanging out where they want to tell everybody about them. And uh, number one, I don't like listening to much of it. But uh, number two, I don't think it's a healthy way to live because all of us have troubles. But when we start hiding our problems from God, I believe that we are defeating the purpose of living for God. Amen. Amen. Every room in our house, our spiritual house, should be open property. Amen. There's a lot. May I sidetrack just for a little bit talking about these rooms? Uh, There's a lot to be said today about, I've heard people make mention of this, well, uh, a kid saying that, that it's my room. My parents are not allowed in my room. Now that's not the way that I was raised. <clears throat> I was raised that my car was my daddy's, and my room was my mom and daddy's, and my house was my daddy's, and it was uh, open to him or them anytime they got good and ready to come check out and see what I want, what they wanted to see. And I want to tell you today, before I get any further, you still need an open road to your children. Amen. Open road to their internet habits. Open road to their cell phone habits. Amen. 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 I I can remember my my mother, and I don't want to get out give out too much information, but my mother my mother was nosy to say the least. And she was really interested in what I was doing and things that I had and who I was hanging around with and friends that I might come in contact with. And uh, so uh, she would snoop around in my room. And uh, I knew it and I would have things that I didn't want her to hide or her to see. So I wouldn't necessarily hide them. I'd just put them in out-of-the-way places. And uh, she would come back a few days later shaking something in my face. Look what I found. And, uh, because there was no privacy in the Looper home. And, uh, because that's the way that I was raised. That's pretty much the way that I operate today. I think, I think that God has placed me in my children's life for a purpose. And that's not just to be their best friend. That's to keep them off of drugs, keep them away from bad people, keep them away from bad habits. Amen. So, so I, I I tell you today that God wants to be in every place of our life in every walk, every space. Now you look in the Word of God and you could find great uh, great exploits that that the disciples did, and the apostle Paul did, and you will find that it would always say that Being full of the Holy Ghost. What does being full of the Holy Ghost mean? That means that there is no place that is off limits to God. That He has total reign and total control over our entire being. Amen. There's a song uh, that I have heard sung. It's been a while since I've heard it sang. But it says, there was a place in my heart. Even I didn't go. There was some things in there I didn't want anyone to know. There was, uh, let's see, there, there, one day the Lord came in and I gave him the key and he opened up that place. Now, now unlike my parents, my, my God is a gentleman. My parents took their authority to go in places they were uninvited. But God is a gentleman. If you want to lock God out, you can lock God out. If you want to tell God no, you can tell God no. We are our own free agents to do exactly what we want to do. The trees worship Him. Amen. The birds worship Him. They sing their praises unto God. But God placed in man the will and the desire to do what man wants to do. So that's the reason why it's so important to God and it's so special to God when we gather together in His house to worship and to magnify and glorify His mighty name. Because we have today, all of us got up and made a choice and made a decision, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get ready, and I'm going to go to the house of God. Amen. 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 And so... So it is amazing about the body. Some things about the body. Now, now I don't know a lot about medical terms and medical things and things that goes on. Uh, but, but being that said, I do owe God a great praise today. You all know that we've been going through some health condition with Tiffany. They come back the first of December, I believe it was, and told us that what they had diagnosed her with. They didn't think that it was maybe could be something else. And it was a very rare—I uh, can't think of the—the the name that they called it, but it was tumors that form inside the heart that causes high blood pressure and causes um, a uh, inappropriate heart rate, and uh, so that had us concerned a little—a little bit. And they told us, said, "Well, said all of them. It's very rare. All of them are not malignant." And uh, some of them are benign, but all of them are fatal or can be fatal. And so uh, we went for testing and seemed like everything that could happen happened and stopped us and delayed us from getting the test. But we finally got the test after the first of the year. And I think they testified about it here Wednesday night. And uh, I was unable to be here, but we went back. And uh, for the test results, and it come back clear, she does not have tumors, and I want to thank God for that, and I praise God for that. Amen. God is a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's never lost His power. He's still powerful. He's still mighty. He can still take care of your problems. He can still heal your body. Amen. Amen 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 so we are rejoicing in that and uh, we don't know exactly what it is today but we eliminated a big problem and we are so grateful to god for that but there is something about the body that that when you cut yourself the different blood cells goes to that that injured part of your body and clods it from bleeding and starts the healing process and and, uh, and they say it's dangerous for someone who has blood thinners to, to uh, get cut because some very minor cut can lead to great damage because uh, that medicine has broken down the ability in the bloodstream to fix itself or to heal itself or to clot it from bleeding. But the body is an amazing thing. It goes to where the hurt is. It goes to where the problem is. It focuses on that until that part of the body gets well. In Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse number t- thir- uh, 22 tells us that is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughters of my people received? Now if you read this chapter and find out the setting here of what is going on. It is talking about the children of God that had went off into apostasy and there was no return. And the prophet of God, the prophet Jeremiah, was saying, Is there, I don't believe that he was making reference to the fact that could there possibly be, but he was making a statement to the fact there is bomb in Gilead. There is still help. There is still deliverance. There is still hope. Amen. I tell you today that no matter what you are going through and no matter what you are facing in life, there is still hope. There is still bomb. There is still healing. There is still deliverance in God. God has not lost His power. Amen. He is still powerful. He is still mighty. He is still victorious. He is still able to save to the uttermost. Hallelujah. 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 Hurting people look for help. Amen. When you are sick, you try to seek out a doctor. When you are injured, you try to find the closest emergency room. You try to find help and you try to find hope in something the hand of man, someone who is trained, someone who has skill to help you in the situation that you need help in. Amen. When you're in financial trouble, you try to find a banker. Amen. When you're in legal trouble, you try to find a lawyer. When uh, uh, When you are in trouble, you try to find the one who specializes in getting you out of the trouble that you have found yourself in. I want to tell you, when you are in trouble with life, Hurting people are still looking for God. Amen. When man was created, God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Ever since the sin in the Garden of Eden, men have been looking for something to fill the void in their spirit. Amen. There is something about man that searches. There's a hole in his heart. There's a hole in his spirit. There's a hole in his being that he's searching, that he's looking for something. That's the reason why people turn to drugs. That's the reason why... People turn to love. That's the reason why people turn to alcohol. They're trying to fill a void that is left there. And the only thing that could ever fill that void is God. Amen. It's in the house of God. It's in the Spirit of God. It's in the power of God. It's in the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible tells us in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It tells us, take my yoke upon you. Amen. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. People think that it's difficult living for God. It's not difficult living for God. It's difficult living without God. Amen. It's scary going through life without God. Amen. But His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Come unto God, ye which are weary and are heavy laden. And His promise is unto you that He will give you rest. Amen. Amen. So hurting people has always tried to seek out God. And to look for God and look for di- uh, direction in God. Amen. The man that was possessed of the devil. Um, and uh, he came, Jesus came to the coast of the Gadarenes. There was a man that came to him that was possessed of the devil. We know this man as called Legion because there was many. I've heard some say that would legion meant a thousand devils. Some say that legion meant 10,000 devils, but a thousand devils is a bunch of devils. Amen. That's a whole lot of devils. And, uh, but it doesn't matter how many devils there is. is. are no match for God. Amen. Never a match for God. Amen. So, so hurting people seek out the Master. You find those who were sick with diseases, those who were hurting in their bodies, those who were hurting in their spirits. They always sought to touch Him, to be in His presence, because hurting people seek the Lord. Amen. So we find that in Mark chapter 5 and verse number 6, The Scripture says, but when he saw Jesus afar off, when this man that was possessed of these many, many devils saw saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped Him because hurting men always seek Jesus. Amen. They always seek the Lord. He ran to them. He tried to get to Him. Amen. This was this man's Uh, Spirit this was his desire him realizing this was the man that was wanting God to help him But then on the other hand the devil tells him get away from Jesus Stay away from Jesus in Mark chapter 5 and verse number 7 listen very carefully to what the word of God says And he cried with a loud voice and said what have I to do With thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Amen. Now, who was this? This was not that man crying out. The man runs to Jesus and worships him. The spirit, the devil, the adversary that was controlling him, that kept him in the tombs at night, that they would try to bind with change and could not hold him. The devil began to cry out, get away from me. Stay away from me. I like who I am. I like what I am. I like what I'm doing. I like how I'm tormenting this individual. Get away from me. Don't torment me before my time it's not time i've set up residence here i like who i am i like what i am amen i want to tell you this is a reason why the alcoholic comes and prays and seeks god and then they go back out and they struggle because there's two at there's an adversary there's two spirits the man wants deliverance and the devil wants control i want to tell you today we must put it in the hands of God. We must bring our hurt and our problems to God. Amen. Amen. He comes running to Jesus. We know the story how that he cast the devil out of this man. And they were amazed because they seen him clothed and in his right mind. He came to Jesus. Now, Take very, I know I'm going a little bit slower than normal this morning, but I want you to pay very close attention to the point that I make here. The man came to him. The devil said, get away from him. Hurting people come to God. And then the devil tries to say, no, you can't do that. No, you can never live like that. No, you can't ever have that. No, you will never be delivered. No, get away from that church. Get away from God. Stay away from the house of God. And hurting people, the person is saying, I need God. And the devil saying, I like you just the way I have you. Now, let's go to the man with the withered hand. Where was the man that had the withered hand? Anybody know without looking in your Bible where he was? He was at church. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue. Jesus entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. He was in the church. He was coming to the right place. He was coming uh, to where Jesus was. He was coming to where... The law was proclaimed. He was coming to where all the ministry were. He was coming to where the fellowship was. But He still went home every day, every Sabbath, the same way that He came in. Have you ever seen someone that has a deformity in their body? You know, people have things that happens to them, accidents. I've seen people that has um, a messed up arm or a messed up hand and they'll walk around with that hand in their pocket. You would never know that anything was wrong with them because they're concealing the problem. They're hiding the deformity. They're hiding the problem. I have seen people that, that has messed up legs or might have a messed up ankle, and they try not to limp. They'll wear their clothes where you can't tell what's wrong with them because they're trying to conceal that there is a problem. Amen. I I just heard this just the other day. I didn't know, but this, this man that I've known uh, since both of us was very young, I guess I've known him pretty much all my life, I didn't know that he had a, he's had a beard ever since he was able to grow one. But I didn't know as a young man that he fell out of a tree. And when he fell out of the tree, he hit a limb and it ripped the side of his jaw wide open. So there is a big scar there. He's wore a beard for his entire life to try to conceal the scar that is there where nobody would know that there was an accident one time that I fell out of a tree and it cut my face. And I've, I've seen people that have scars in different places and they'll comb their hair to try to cover up the, the, the flaw that is there. This man came to church and I could imagine him sitting there with maybe his hand up in his robe or in his garments, in his pocket, trying to conceal what was wrong. Yes, he was at church but he had a problem. He was at the right place, but he had a problem. He had something that nobody was ever able to fix in his life, no matter how much he went to church. God knows how to single you out. God knows how to get your attention. We find in verse number 8, Luke chapter 6, he says, But he knew their thoughts, the thoughts of those, because some of those said there's a guy in here with the withered hand. We're going to see if he's going to heal him on the Sabbath. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up. You that's got the withered hand, rise up. You that's trying to conceal your problem, You rise up, but how does he know? I've kept it hid. I've kept the problem, uh, concealed. Nobody knows the trouble. I sing. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what I'm facing. Nobody knows the trouble that I see every day. Nobody knows my problems at home. Nobody knows my addictions that I have. I've kept them concealed. But I want to tell you that's just like when you come to the house of God and the preacher stands up and he preaches to you what is God trying to do? He's trying to single you out not to hurt you but to Help you. I want you with the withered hand, I want you to stand up. The man looks around him, surely he's not talking to me. Amen. How many times have we heard the Word of God go forth? The power of God moving and we look around and say, surely they're not talking to me. Surely it's not me that God's talking to. Surely it's not me that God is trying to work for. Surely it's somebody else. But I want to tell you today, the man with the withered hand finally realized hey, he's got my number. He knows who I am. He knows where I am. He knows my problem. I come to tell somebody today that God knows where you're at. God knows your thoughts. God knows the intent of your heart. God knows your problem. God knows your faults. God knows your failures. God knows your trouble. God knows your heartache. God knows your hurt. But when God knows all of this, can I tell you today that no matter what He knows about you, God still loves you and God still wants to help you and God still wants to deliver you and God still wants to set you free. Amen. And stand forth in the midst. And He rose and stood forth. Our natural instinct is to put on a front everything's okay Amen we have been taught it's just like i said in the very beginning we have been taught to put on a smile we've been taught to put our best foot forward we have been taught when we go into an interview you don't you don't really you don't really lay out everything there is about you but you try to give your best selling points Because I need the job. I want them to see the good in me. Amen. When we come to church so many times, we come to church, I want the preacher to see the good in me. I want the rest of the saints of God to see the good in me. I want my family to see the good in me. I want God to see the good in me. But God is saying, stretch forth your hand. Amen. Show me your hand. Show me your problem. Show me your distresses. Show me your hurts. Show me your faults. Show me your failures. I am going to make you whole. Amen. In verse number 10 of Luke chapter 6, He said, "And looking around about them all, He said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And He did so. Anybody know what happened when he stretched forth his hand? He was. His hand was restored whole. Just like his other hand. I don't want to take out my problem in public. I don't want anybody to know that I was laying in the bed last night tossing and turning and could not sleep. I don't want anybody to know that i have to I have to do this and do that just to survive i don 't want anybody to know that i can 't pay my light bill i don 't want anybody to know that my truck note is overdue. Oh, it's pretty. It's shiny. It's a new vehicle. It's a new house, but I'm behind on the mortgage. I'm behind on my payments. I don't have money to put in the bank. I don't have money to buy groceries, and I don't want anybody to know I'm trying to put on a front, but I want to tell you today, God's saying, take off. Take off your mask. Amen. Open yourself up to the power and to the glory of God. Amen. Show God your hand. Show God God, your inabilities. Show God your problems and say, here I am. God, I give it to you. Amen. I place it in your hands. Amen. I place it in your hands. I give you the trouble. I give you my heartache. I give you my problems. Amen. Brother John, if you'd come get ready to sing. Musicians, come and help him, please. I give you all the things that I am going through today. Some of you come. You look beautiful on the outside. You look lovely from this point of view. You look like everything is well. Everything is going your way. As the old saying would say, I've got a tiger by the tail on a downhill slide. But in reality, we've got the tiger by the ears and he's about to kill us. He's about to eat us alive. He's about to destroy us. The adversary as a roaring lion goeth about seeking whom he may devour. Quit hiding it from God today. Quit hiding your problems from God. Hey Amen. He knows all your troubles. He knows what you need. But He wants you to show Him your hand. First Peter chapter 5 in verse number 7 says, Casting all your cares... Upon Him. For He careth for you. Cast all your problems. You say, Oh God knows what I need. Before I even ask. But He still tells us in His Word. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receive it. To him that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be open. Oh, but he knows me. Yes he does. But he's a very great gentleman. And he's only going to come in where he's invited. He's not going to come in and possess you when you resist Him and say, No, no, no. No, I don't want it. I I don't need that. But He's going to come in when you say, Here, God, here's my hand. I lay it all on the table. I'm not going to win this way. I'm not going to make it this way. I know in manhood, you want to be Mr. Mancho. And Mr. Big Guy, I never cry. I never see a bad day. I never stumble. I never fall. I'm walking through life like Hercules. I'm on top of the world. No, but we have hurts. We have problems. We have troubles. And God's saying, Be real. Be real. Bring all your cares to me. Bring all your problems. To me I want to tell you today if you do not know God in the power of the Holy Ghost when they were in the upper room they asked Peter and the other disciples men and brethren what shall we do and Peter took the keys of kingdom that was given to him by Jesus Christ earlier in the book of Matthew and he said repent be baptized every one of you In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for this promise is unto you and to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You say God loves tell you today that God is absolutely crazy about you. God loves you so much that He went to Calvary and He stretched wide His hands and He said, put the nails right there. Amen. Put the spear in my side. Put the crown of thorns on my head. Amen. Because I want them to show me who they really are where I can make the difference in their life. You've never experienced God. Oh, you can confess God as your personal Savior, but until you accept Him into your life and you go down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ, oh, you've never felt anything like it before in your life. Amen. That was the day I just stretched forth my hand and I said, here's my hand, God. Here's a young person. 17 years old, just before my 18th birthday. I'm struggling, God. I'm confused, God. I don't know what way to turn, God. I've got problems. I've got hang-ups. I've got desires. I've got my own will and my own way, God. But I'm showing you my hand today. Everything that I am, everything that I have, I give to you. And God wrapped his arms around me. Oh, what a day that withered hand was made whole. That does not mean that I've never made a mistake. That does not mean that I've never had another problem. That does not mean that i never faced another difficult situation in my life. But 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He is the perpetuation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the the sins of the whole world. Now, I don't want you to sin. I don't want you to make mistakes. I don't want you to come up short. But if you do, it's not the end of the world. The only way it's at the end of the world is if you cover it up and say there's a room in my house that God is not welcome in. I feel that the Holy Ghost wants to touch somebody in this house today. You've been hiding some things from God you haven't totally submitted to God. You haven't totally turned it all over to God. The devil's told you get away. The devil's told you run. The devil's told you stay away from what can help you. But there's something in your spirit that keeps drawing you back to the house of God. Over and over and over again. You try to stay away, but something draws you back to God. Amen. I tell you what it is today. God saying, show me your hand. Give it to me. Let me have it. Let me take control of it. Let's all stand right now. Everyone, if you will, let's bow our heads. Let's lift our voices to God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Reach out to the Lord if you need something from God today. If you have a problem that you need God to take control of, Why don't you show God your hand today? And why don't you step out from where you're standing? Make your way to this front and say, here I am, God. Oh, come on, saint of God. The devil said it's over, but God says, no, it's not over yet. Show me your hand. Just lay it all out on the table. Here it is, God. I can't do it on my own. I can't make it on my own. I've got problems. I've got hiccups. I've got desires.
1: I've got lust. I've got these things going on, God. I've got addictions, God. But God just say I place it in my hands today. Place it in my hands
0: today. I invite you all to come around this altar right now. Lift your hands toward heaven and say, here I am, God. I show you my hand today. I show you my hand today, God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so thankful He knows who I am.
1: I'm so thankful He knows my name today. Hallelujah to the questions of a life Hallelujah. Somebody reach, the Somebody reach out to, Somebody reach out to the Lord. Somebody reach out to the Lord today. Somebody reach out to the Lord today. Hallelujah. I make. Every tear Hallelujah. That I cry. He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain can't see the light of day. I know I'll be just fine. He knows my name. He counts the stars one and all. He knows how much sand is on the shore. Sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas. He's in control of everything, of all creatures, great and small. He knows my name. Every step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry, He knows my name when I am overwhelmed by the pain. Can't see the light of day I know I'll be just fine He knows my name step that I take Every move that I make Every tear that I cry He knows my name When I'm overwhelmed by the pain I can't see the light of day I know I'll be just fine. He knows my name. He counts the stars for one and all. How much sand is on the shore? Sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mound.